Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Just a quick heads up, Rupert didn't have a proper mic when we did this, and so he sounds like a robot. Fortunately, his contributions are limited anyway. Enjoy. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life with me, Ramesh. And we are joined, well, Rumaj is here. Hello, Rumaj. Hey, man. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, we are doing this like super high tech now because I'm in America. Rumaj, where are you? I'm in uh, the Garden of England, Kent. Right, at your mum and dad's, yeah? Yeah, living it up on a Saturday. Why are you, go- why are you at your mum and dad's at the weekend? What's going on? Well, uh, we've, we've got some news. We're having a baby, so come down to celebrate that. Holy shit, is that a podcast? Yeah. Is that Has that been amazing. announced anywhere else? Yeah, that's how I'm telling everyone I know, just through this. Okay, wicked. Nice, nice. But your parents know, right? They're not yeah, finding yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations, mate. Thanks, man. Um, have you thought of any? Have you like thought about parenting? How, what kind of parent you're going to be? Yeah. No, I'm trying to avoid that sort of thing of people giving you lots of advice now. Yeah. It's sort of people say, sort of telling me what books to buy. And... Yeah, I think it's best to avoid avoid advice completely, mate. Sort of treat yeah. it like Brexit, just and you know, learn on the job. Just go with your own kind of instincts. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, we're very happy for you, Rupert. I'm very happy for you, mate. Thank you. That's great news. This is the bit where we introduce our guest. Listen, I am. uh, uh, We are delighted to say that we are joined by. I want to say comedy legend. Is that fair, isn't it? Yeah, I would say that's probably overstating things. (laughs) No, it's not overstating it. <laughs> uh, we are joined by Adam Buxton. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are I'm you? glad that I'm glad. So, Rupert, you're the person who is having the baby, right? I mean, you're not it's not coming out of your body. No, but no. You're yeah. okay. Good. I thought maybe your parents were having a baby, <laughs> and I was thinking that's that's sick. I'm down here to celebrate that. Yeah. 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 Well, not going to c- celebrate that sick union. <laughs> Rupert, would mean. you celebrate if your parents decide to have a baby now? No, I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't. No, I <laughs> would you? Yeah, you'd you'd make a film about it. You'd make a documentary about it. That's what you'd do. I'd sell their stories to the paper. Yeah, you wouldn't celebrate. That's grotesque. Um, and you're in the Garden of England. I am in the bum bag of England, which is East Anglia. And, right. Uh, I just got You're back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm in my nutty room, where yeah. I it's like a sound booth out in one of the sheds, where I edit my podcast and do my links. And I just got back from a trip to the movies. Me and my son went to see it, 
Any good? Okay, so I haven't seen this yet. I'm about to go see it later on today. What, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, I mean, it's quite old-fashioned. It's a 15, so it's a sort of a nice kiddie movie. It's got the guy from Stranger Things in it, one of the little uh, children from that movie, from that uh, right. series. And it's got quite an 80s feel about it. Kids on bikes, summertime, going down wells with torches. But it's, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was pretty good. It's got some, it's got some quite good clown moments. Is he, is he oh. a scary clown? Yeah, he's, it's not for the uh, chlorophobic, shall we say. That's um, the word, right? For fear of clowns? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't really give you this <laughs> chat. Here's a little footstep you like to fall. How did you get into hip-hop? Anyway, Adam, sorry. Thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. We're honoured to have you on. Oh, man, I'm honoured to be asked, although I do feel as if my qualifications might be a little shaky. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, you heard, I, I don't know if you've listened to any of these, but Tom Davis came on. And he, I mean, he'd heard one hip-hop song, and it was fine, so... <laughs> what did he hear? I think it was a he was a Snoop Dogg fan. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. Well, that's quite good hip-hop. My first encounter with rap was Kenny Everett. Oh, wow. Right. Um, the Snot Rap, 1983. Are you familiar right, yeah. with the Snot Rap? I, I, I sort of, it, yeah, it does ring a bell, but I, what, can you talk us through it? Well, you know who Kenny Everett is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. that... that that, and I do know what snot is, and I know what rap is. So I feel uh, like <laughs> I feel like I know I understand the composite parts. Okay, but, uh, just but for maybe together. younger listeners, Kenny Everett was a kind of um, crazy radio DJ back in the seventies and eighties, and um, he did a lot of mad jingles. He also had a TV show, which in its own way was quite sort of revolutionary. He used a lot of video tricks, and uh, he was quite creative with the medium. Uh, but he was a strange character in a lot of other ways. But, and he did this character called Sid Snot, who was like, I don't know what the fuck like Sid Snot was supposed to be. He was like a sort of leather joy boy, you know, like a guy with a biker cap. And Sid Snot um, came out. And, and I guess 1983, most people in mainstream England didn't really know that much about rap. It wasn't really overground. Mm. Um, at that point so it was still treated with a certain amount of derision yes. and um, I think that's what Kenny Everett was responding to you know this idea that well this isn't really music you know it's just it's just talking and so the, the snot rap um, said hello creeps Sid Snot here with some GBH for your flaming ear it's all in rhythm it's all in rhyme you don't know what I'm talking about half the time it's a rap so that was that was the general idea. Like <laughs> this is what rap is, and he carries on. It's a lot of fireballs. It don't make sense. It's all off the wall at the local jinx. You can listen if you want. I couldn't care less. The old thing's it's all musical mess. It's a rap. So, <laughs> for, wow. for like the Daily Mail reading world, which included my mother and um, and sort of by proxy me, it was like, well, that's what rap is. It's not real music, is it? It's just. Uh, it's just nonsense, like just some words that you're saying over a beat. <laughs> that feels like something that could be in an ITV sketch about rap music now. Do you know what I mean? Like that sort yeah. of like, <laughs> idea. It's not real, but it's not real music. That has prevailed, hasn't it? I think. Yeah, it's weird. Do you reckon though? I mean, I I feel like it's um, I feel like it's a pretty well respected form now, though. I mean, the people 
it, it's it's weird because there's now so many subgenres in rap. Yes. So there's there's the very commercial side of it. There's the sort of faintly comical, old school, gangster yeah. side with people still worried about cars and ladies with big bottoms and that kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's a whole other side of it, which is much more nuanced in in the way that we would think of uh, other forms of music being nuanced. You know, little yeah. indie sh- subgenres and classical music and jazz and whatever else. You know, you find all that subtlety in in a lot of other rap as well. My son was just talking about the new Tyler the Creator album. Yes, um, yeah. So he's into all that, and uh, I mean that to me that makes me feel old. You know, because that comes out of that whole weird odd future scene yes. which which yeah. was designed to terrorize people who didn't really know what was going on who that boy who him is him that near god swear stand out got him don't need no chair well, where the fuck him at cause nigga i'm right here i don't shop at the mall all y'all just that motherfucker i'm a goddamn artist you can give me some markers and i draw you a closet and you know that it's golf is gonna make the deposit nigga first like what how did you feel about all that stuff well, I think I do agree with you. I think it was sort of like um, they're not trying to access everybody. In fact, they want it to be. It, it's by design horrible for older people. Do you, know I mean? yeah. like, you know, it's, it's supposed to be inaccessible. Exactly. I guess in, a, in the same way that if you're working in a trendy shop and someone sort of over 40 comes in, you try and usher them to the door as quickly. That's kind of what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Which is, uh, but Tyler's are like, it's amazing, but. Um, I do feel the problem with that is is their desire to do that sometimes uh, it feels a bit gratuitous. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is exactly the type of thing that that will be that could be clipped and then put on one of the records and, and me made a mockery of. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not that they'd ever hear this, but do you know what I mean? Like me just going, it's it's very gratuitous. And I found it very intimidating, and it's just not music. I don't know why they're allowed to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, well, they'd be delighted, though. Eh? You, you, that would, would be, be like that. giving them a that would be like giving them an early Christmas gift. Um, <laughs> I know because that's what I mean. That's what youth culture is supposed to do, and it's so weird now that everything seems weirdly. We're so in touch with absolutely everything thanks to uh, thanks to the interweb. I call it yeah. the interweb, uh, Romesh. It's quite <laughs> it's quite funny of me. Um, and because it's not really called the interweb, it's called the internet. But I'm merging two phrases: the World Wide Web. And the internet, and I, I bash them together, and it makes me sound as if I don't really know what I'm talking about, even though I do. <laughs> okay. Um, so with the interweb, <laughs> everyone knows everybody else's fucking business, and it's almost impossible to shock people anymore. So it's like everyone's trying really, really hard to shock people, and yeah. so sometimes it can come out like, holy shit, there's a whole new strain of humanoid that has got no morals, and they're just yeah. evil. But of course they're yeah. not. They're just kids who are fucking around and they are gravitating towards the most unpleasant things that they can possibly say that they know are going to wind people up. And they're not invested in the actual... Like, you know, I'm thinking specifically of some of the stuff, some of the um, violence against women yeah. that, that you can pick up on thematically in their stuff. And I would say, I, I would guess that they don't want to go out and promote violence against women, literally, but they... They just know that it's a, a fun, outrageous thing to talk about. So they're not really thinking about what it means. And that's yeah. not to justify it, but that's to sort of try and understand where they come. That's, like, that's what kids do. You know, they don't understand how the world actually works. 
Yeah, well, I do sort of feel like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like there's a slight parallel with doing like stand up or whatever in terms of like, do you know when you first start doing comedy and then you're trying to try and get some sort of reaction? And then I remember like you'd be on the open mic, so I'd be on the open mic circuit, and then people ju- that would just say fucking savage stuff and it wouldn't be funny, but it would get a reaction from the audience. And you, that sort of comes from the fact that they're just trying to get something because you're, so you're so used to playing in a pub to like seven people where they didn't know there was a gig on and like they're just sitting there just looking comatose and then you're just sort of desperate to get something it feels like a similar kind of thing do you mean you're just trying to shock for the sake of shocking rather than actually believing anything you're saying do you mean yeah you want you want to kind of wake people up i mean i find it really now that i'm a dad you know i find it uh confusing because i remember that impulse myself not that i ever really was brave enough to, to do or say anything particularly shocking. But um, I remember, you know, I like those kind of things. I always liked the kind of music that did that and the, and the sort of artists that did that. But now I'm a little older. As you say, the word gratuitous pops in to your yeah. head and you sort of think, well, I understand the impulse for this, but actually what it's doing is, is very gradually coarsening the whole... Uh, playing field, yes. as it were, and and you can only, you know, it's just you're digging yourself in deeper and deeper and deeper, and you you think, oh, it's a shame because it would be nice to uh, uh, you, you sort of yearn for the lost innocence of uh, yeah, how I, simple things used to be. Yes, and also the other thing is, and this is, you know, I realise I'm in danger of sounding very old fart here, but the truth is, is like you sort of listen to, you know, you go back to some records. And like they are borderline unlistenable because of like some of the shit. Like you know, you just sort of think, "Fuck, I can't believe I wasn't shocked by this at the time or whatever." Yeah. And um, uh, you know, like like you said, it, it, it just sort of fit, some some of it feels over the top. So you just sort of think, "Shit, I can't listen to this." The the other time that happened to me is when I tried to go back and watch Eddie Murphy Delirious. I don't know if you've. Oh yeah. You've well, that, any of the... Oh man, that was our. I mean that that was the film that we just quoted non-stop when we were when we yeah. first saw it you know when we were 15 yeah. or whatever and uh yes I've, i haven't seen the whole thing but it is pretty much totally unacceptable isn't it all of yeah. it <laughs> but the thing is the, the thing is with those things is you don't remember it being unacceptable all you the memory is i really enjoyed this yeah so you forget all of that because you weren't shocked about it at the time and you just sort of and then you put it on you're like what what the shit what like it's, it's just so surprising man Do you know what I mean? yeah it's but again crazy. you know uh, you we weren't taking we were 15 years old we we weren't yeah. taking in the actual, you know, the real meaning of what he was saying, the implications of what he was saying. We, we weren't registering it. As far as we were concerned, he was fucking funny. He said it yeah. in a funny way. Uh, you know, he would do funny voices. And I think there was like a little voice in the back of my head when he would sort of do um, stuff about AIDS and things like that. And, and you'd think, oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I I'm not absolutely on board with that, but he's being very funny about it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, because every round the corner would be like Goonie Goo Goo with a GI Joe up my ass or something like that. <laughs> and then you would you'd be in gravy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> the other thing is um, for a white person, the N word makes a lot of. Uh, hip-hop challenging because yes. um 
you can't sing along with it meaningfully. I mean, the, the, my my thing is to say uh, noodle uh, right. in, instead of the actual word. Yeah. Um, hey, sucker noodle, whoever you are, whoever you are, hey, sucker noodle. Um, so and is that something you came up with yourself, or did you consult some sort of advisory panel as to sort of the best way to go? About? <laughs> uh, I yeah I looked it up on Huffington Post acceptable right. substitutions for the N word. No, well, um, I just I, I, I just, came up I with just... it because uh, I came up with it because I was doing something live uh, at the BFI. I was doing this show Bug and I was reading out YouTube comments. In fact, it was for a Tyler the Creator video, and there right. were lots of people using the N word in their comments. Right. Um, and at first, what I did was read out the whole comment with the N word intact. Yes. But it had such a chilling effect on the audience that yeah. I immediately... I mean, this was a long time ago. This was about six or seven years ago. Yeah. So um, I immediately realized, like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, it was like, God, no, that, it, that it's so loaded, it's so toxic. And especially for a white person to say it, it's so there's so much uh, un, unhelpful baggage there that uh, I'm, not, I'm not ever going to say it again if I can help it. Um, yeah, well, I had, I a, I've okay had a similar. Piers Morgan said it's okay to sing it this week. Yeah, this I week. know. This, this is insane. So Piers Morgan, West tune. he thinks that if they sing, if it's sung in a song, that it automatically makes it all right for you to say it, basically. And and he's right. written this column, and I actually have had sort of a Twitter. Not he hasn't replied to me. He tweeted, "Is it okay for white girls to sing the N word?" Column coming soon. And then I replied, should white men be allowed to comment on whether white girls are allowed to sing the N-word? New tweet says no. And then, uh, uh, and that was sort of like whatever my response to it. But some people have actually, most people agreed with me, but some people had a go at me for not censoring it in my tweet response. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. So I did actually, I had to actually sort of slightly apologise for that. But it's, but like you said, it is such a toxic word. You can't throw it around. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be... Yeah, because I, I've seen um, back and forths many times online between people who, like white people who are not racist, I don't think, in my opinion, no. like looking at their tweets, but they feel indignant that they are being prevented from saying the word like as a blanket policy. It's like, no, you yes. can't say it. And they're like, well, that's stupid. It's just a word. Uh, you know, I can surely use it in context. I can surely use it in the context of maybe disapproving of something or reporting someone's speech or something like that. I mean, I was on stage the other day with Richard Herring and I was talking, I was telling a story about a, um, a, uh, I had a contretemps with a uh, parking warden, traffic warden. This is years ago, like 10 years ago or something. And um, the... The parking warden was a person of color, and at a certain point, he used the N-word against me, like, uh, you know, like, noodle, please, you know, because right. I was I was getting so indignant, I couldn't believe he'd given me a ticket. Yeah. And it wasn't, the, the conversation was in no way on a kind of racial level. And right. there was no, there was, there was no sort of tension like that, but he used and just the to word. Be clear, just to be clear for listeners, you hadn't blacked up or anything. This is just I mean, you looking. I, I, I actually was blacked up, but I mean, I don't think that should come into it because I did it. It was for a party and I was going to, uh, it was for a fun party and 
maybe we wouldn't make the same choices again if we if we had to do it but it turned out to be a really great great party uh, <laughs> no i wasn't i wasn't blacked up at the time <laughs> but um yeah. so he used the word right he used the n-word and then and and you know, my response to that was to be absolutely outraged. Like, how dare you use that word? I, I'm very offended. I am very offended that you use it. I'm going to report you. You can't yeah. go around saying that. But when I told this story on stage, I hadn't told it for a while. And I used yeah. the word. And right. I immediately regretted using it. And then, yeah. and again, it had that chilling effect. The audience sort of went, ah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's, it served the story well but afterwards yes. i regretted using it because i do think that it's i hate it i hate knowing it i hate it being in my head i hate that yeah. it exists you know what i mean yeah yeah and obviously it's supposed to be a, a part of its power is to remind you of 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 what it used to mean what it does mean the history of the whole thing yeah so it's it's good that it has that power in some way but it's uh, it's weird <laughs> I was going to ask you actually, sort of speaking, of, talking about that, your help the police uh, thing uh, is is absolutely amazing, right? Um, for, for 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 people who haven't seen it, it was a a thing I did a while ago, like two thousand and six or something, and it was about um, maybe even earlier than that. It was ages ago, and it was me in a car with uh, Kerry Godleman, played my wife. And there was uh, our little son, Jasper, in the back. Not our real son. He was an actor. So, what day is it today, Jasper? Tuesday. Wrong! It's NWA day. No, no, absolutely not. And so we're listening to uh, Fuck the Police, but I have... Uh, every time there's a swear, I go and I turn the volume down and I replace it with something kiddie-friendly. And mm -hmm. part of that is, is me sort of... Um, uh, well, you know, I, I call it help the police, not fuck the police. Help the police coming straight from the underground. A young chap's got it good because I'm brown. And not the other colours of police think they have the authority to carry out inquiries. I don't mind because I don't want for an excellent policeman with, with a badge and a gun to be reasonably arresting. And thrown in jail, we can go toe-to-toe in the middle of a cell. Having lots of fun because I'm a teenager. Yo, Dre, I got something to say. Help the police. And so it's all that sort of stuff. I mean, but, it's politically very confusing, isn't it? Well, exactly. That's the thing. So I did it in L.A. I did that because what I used to do was um, I would do the sketch. I would sort of yeah. rap over the track and and, yeah. um, and then substitute the, uh, the, the, the the powerful swears and the yeah. anti-police messages for all this kind of PG language yeah. and then read out comments that people had left about it on, on YouTube because, like, a lot of people... I think it sort of crossed over into the rap community a little bit, um, and and like real NWA fans found it and things like that. Yeah, you know? no, so I, I mean loads of it, it is loads of. It, I think loads of hip hop fans have seen that video because it sort of it just taps into something. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, I did think it, yeah, I did think it, it went was massive. But they, um, a lot of people were really angry about it, you know, because they for them they felt that it was this. Uh, censorship of the uh, of of the furious anti-police message that the original song had you know in the wake yeah. of the rodney king beatings and the riots and everything like that it was like you couldn't really think of a more charged furious and sort of righteously furious song in a way 
Yeah. But, uh, and here I was, this white guy doing like a family-friendly, <laughs> washed-down version of it. So it's quite like for some people, it was really sort of offensive. I think. Did you respond to that, or did you just sort of think, oh, well, that's part of it, and ignore and just wait for it to? Yeah, I didn't、away. get involved. I didn't、yeah. get involved. I didn't really see how I could. I mean, I just there were some people who got the joke, and they could、yeah. see that it wasn't supposed to be. You know, the joke was like. Well, it was obvious what the joke was, really. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at some of these. You weren't suggesting that NWA were making a mountain out of a molehill, were you?、And、no, <laughs> not really. No. Yeah.、Um, I got the.、Uh, I'm looking at the comments right now. I called up the、um, the document where, with all the、yeah. YouTube comments that I used to read out, and it says,、uh, "Ha ha ha! Very funny. I have the urge to slap the guy for taking the song and its message and changing it, but still, it's funny." <laughs> and then someone else, someone called Professional Football, says. The original is better. <laughs> like, it was like I was offering it up as a cover or something. <laughs> I love the song, but I just think it's a bit—it's a bit much. And you know, it'd be nice if you changed a little bit. Then it'd be fun for a family day out. Yeah, the original is better though. <laughs> and then there's like this guy says, "Half-Life GTA." Says fuck the police, not help them. This is gay as hell. <laughs> no, 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 not help the police. You've totally misunderstood. It's fuck them. The police have to be fucked. We're we're invested in fucking the police, and you've ruined it by suggesting we help them. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Do you remember what sort of the earliest hip hop you used to listen to? What I was first into. I mean, most of my hip hop experimentation was thanks to Joe, who was much more open minded. You know, right? And this is Joe, my comedy wife. Yes,、uh, we used to do a TV show with, and.、Um, So he was an early adopter. Like first of all, you know, we used to just listen to the Thompson Twins and Thomas Dolby and stuff in the eighties, and then and then he got into Stax and Motown and、uh, you know Blues Brothers, all the music on the Blues Brothers soundtrack, and then that got us into Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles and soul music, Otis Redding and Wilson Pickett, and then and then some of the 
and then James Brown. And then you realize that some of that stuff was sampled in hip hop. And so then Joe was listening to, uh, oh, what's he called? Uh, George um, Clinton? Not George. I'm thinking of a British hip hop no. guy. One of a, an early hip hop guy. Get down. Um, uh, Derek B. Derek B. Nicely remembered. Well done, Rita. Well, the first time you heard my voice, you were rocking to the rhythm. Your hands couldn't stop finger popping to the sound of the drum and bass, the kicks. When Derek B's on the deck, so the DJs get licks. You don't believe me? Well, it ain't no joke. With him behind me, I'll never go broke because he makes those beats sweeter than honey. We record it, then rake in the money. I got So Joe was really into Derek B. Yeah. And then and then uh, Eric B and Rakim. And so that was the Eric B and Rakim was the first time you know when, when I, he's, he was he was into Derek B and then it feels like he thought I wonder if there's any artists that rhyme with this and he's found yeah. Eric B. <laughs> exactly. And it's quite it, it's sort of poetic in a way because Derek B is very much the Derek B version of Eric B, you know what I mean? <laughs> Take, you take Eric B, you stick a D in front of the name, and it's Derek B. Hello, I'm Derek B. You know, it's like, I'm Eric B, and I got the most incredible voice in hip-hop. And, and they like, hello, I'm Derek B. <laughs> Come on, everybody, and just get down. <laughs> but it was still good, though. But yeah. Eric, Eric B and Rakim, I mean, that stuff's timeless. That still sounds yes. very good today. Yeah, yeah. Follow me into our solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engrave deep as X-rays. I can take a phrase that's rarely heard, flip it, now it's a daily word. And that was the first, like, follow the leader. We, we, we used to listen to that so much that we sort of knew it more or less off by heart. And we yeah. could go right the way through that. And that that's still extraordinary. As um, we met uh, Coolio when we were doing the um, Adam and Joe show for Channel 4 and, and, and we went to Los Angeles with my dad. Yeah. And we spent the day with Coolio and his um, crew who were called so, the 40 uh, when, Thieves. When in Coolio's career was this? Was this like after that gangster's pack? Was he massive yeah. at this point? Right, right. So this, the, he's, he's on the slight decline by this time. Okay, right? got you, got you. So got this you. was a few years after Gangster's Paradise, but he was still, he was still quite a big star. And, yeah. um, and we, he drove us around in his Hummer and he was really nice. And my dad was absolutely charmed by him. And the great yeah. thing about him was that he, you know, he had this act of being this sort of slightly intimidating rap guy. Yeah. But at the same time, he was very charming and um, he was really friendly. And so were his posse, uh, the 40 Thieves. Yeah. And, you know, they thought my dad was funny because he's this old English guy. And uh, they got him in to, to do some... Um, to do some little bits of, of talking in his posh English voice that they were thinking about using on their record. I don't think they ever did. Yeah. But I, I always remember Coolio explaining to my dad what rap was. And he said to my dad to try and make him understand, he said, well, rap is rhythmic American poetry. Uh, in, and it's an acronym. Which of course I don't think it is. I think no, that's like I mean, a, that is, that is that's what you would. I think that's what you'd call a backronym. Um, <laughs> and so, but it made sense. It's like it, it it enabled my dad to 
get his head round it. And he was like, right, okay, I get it, I get it. Um, and so that was, uh, yeah, that was a nice way of putting it in context for someone like my dad. He's still, so, he's still going? He's I think he might be. I, I saw a photo of him recently. And it's a bit weird because obviously when he was at the height of his powers, he's had all the braids sort of sticking up in the air. Yeah. And then when I saw him recently, it was sort of some story that he'd got up to some bullshit and the braids were sort of sitting less proudly. And it felt like it just sort of, to me, it occurred to me that he may just need retuning or something. Like, you know, just sort of, if somebody has twiddled them and got them back to where they were before, he'd be back to how (laughs) he was. Do you know what I mean? Like aerials, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I sort of... I'm looking, at a, I'm looking at a photograph of him now online yeah. from 2016. Yeah. And yeah, he just looks like a sort of <laughs> nice old bloke who's got some twigs growing from his from either side of his head. <laughs> There's some little weird tr- trees coming out of his head. He, just he looks needs... a bit like um, Keith from The Prodigy um, <laughs> just got old. <laughs> He just needs one person in his circle just come and go, it's time to let this hairstyle go, mate. Like, yeah. Once got into a comb over. I mean, there is something, uh, a, there's something kind of brilliant about it, though. I'm looking at them right now and I'm thinking... Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, I, I like it. But does it say there what he's up to at the moment? No. Uh, let's see. What is he up to? Oh, no, this doesn't look good. Watch a oh, judge Jesus. hilariously compliment Coolio's new hairstyle during sentencing in court. Oh, my God. <laughs> Coolio <laughs> pled guilty to possession of a concealed weapon in court on Wednesday after carrying a gun in his bag through LAX. Oh, Jesus. Why not? Come on, mate. Get it together. <laughs> hey, man, what's your favourite hip-hop album? Uh, okay, so you sort of into Eric B and Rakim and stuff like that, and then do you have like a favourite, like a favourite artist or a favourite album that sort of that you'd still put on now that you've that you've always loved? Um, what happened there, well, Adam? That... I sort of started to, for some reason, try to explain to you what favourite means. I, I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, the, let's see, Tribe Called Quest, I suppose, would be the ones that I would come back to most often. Um, Low End Theory is pretty much solid gold, isn't it? Yes, Um, yeah, yeah. Have you listened to their latest one? Yeah, that's very good, isn't it? I loved it. Unusual for a band to get it together after such a long break. We don't believe you, because we the people are still here in the rear, yo, we don't need you. Well, I was sort of hovering by Twitter, ready to say something along the lines of "Tribe Called Quest have lost it," and I can't believe they put this out. You know, that was that's going to be the standard reaction to something like that. And then I actually yeah. listened to it, and I just thought it's brilliant. It's great. I loved it. I know it's so it's it's great when that happens because usually yeah. people just you know they're, they're fond of an artist and they come back and most people will just say oh yeah great well done um, just because they're happy to see them still going yes. but actually of course it's nowhere near as good as their early stuff but but some of that stuff is is really good like properly good yeah 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 no re- no I really like them um, did um, you they, um, they retired now after that album well they I said think... they said that was the last one because Five Dog died didn't he. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think 
I saw some tweet from DJ Yoda saying that he'd seen them recently and they'd said it was officially their last ever gig or something. So I think they are. Everyone says that now. They'll be back in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did say that every night on my last tour, actually. I don't know why I'm giving that. Everyone knows that you can charge more for the farewell. Yeah, that's (laughs) And the comeback, yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, But I always like I always liked individual songs, you know, like a good rap song. Is like a is like an amazing nugget of brilliant pop genius. Uh, yeah. So you know, California Love, the two pack yeah. version. Give yeah. me some Mo Buster Rhymes. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of good Buster Rhymes thing. Put your eyes yeah. where my hands can't see, or the other way around. Put your yeah, hands where my eyes can't see. Just there, yeah. But now um, um, the, the the other stuff. I mean, does does Sleaford Mods count as rap? Yeah, yeah, we'll count that. Yeah, I mean, nobody's mentioned Sleaford. Talking Mods, over a beat. Yeah. It's rhythmic American poetry, so I think if it's Coolio's yeah. description. Yeah, um, it's certainly in that tradition. But fucking hell, yeah. Sleaford Mods, I saw, I watched their set uh, from Glastonbury yeah. on TV this year, and that was the most amazingly exciting thing I've, I've seen for a while. That was um, that was brilliant. John Seeker, can a strongbow, I'm a mess. Desperately clutching on to a leaf-lined depression. Supplied to me by the NHS. Is anyone's guess how I got here? Anyone's guess how I'll go? I suck on a roll-up, pull your jeans up. Fuck off, I'm going home, job seeker. What are you listening to? Like, what's your favourite stuff nowadays? Uh, what am I listening to? I'm listening to Joey Badass. Uh, that his last album was amazing. Uh, and I would say, uh, listen to this artist, Jaron Benton. Is, is Joey Badass a real guy? Yeah, he's a real guy. <laughs> he could have done better than Joey Badass, surely. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? That, that. The problem with his name for a British person is you just have to hope to God that the other person has heard of them. Because what just happened there was humiliating. (laughs) That's like being called Martin Naughty Man and expecting to be taken seriously. Yeah, Martin Naughty Man, what? Fucking looking at me for I'm fucking Martin Naughty Man. I'm going to fucking kill you. Stop laughing at me, I'm Martin Naughty Man. I'm oh, naughty! God. Yeah, I know. It's not a great name. I've also listened to Vic Mensa. Vic Mensa's very good. Oh, is that um, good? Yeah. What's the uh, story with Logic? Is Logic good? Yeah, I think Logic's... Well, listen, I love Logic. I think it's great. Are you, is, that, is that something you're listening to a lot at the moment? That's my... My other son is into Logic. Oh, OK. Cool, cool. Uh, and well, he I'm, was... He was saying like, yeah, he's really good, Daddy. He, he's really nice to his fans. He like, yes. He like talks to his fans. So yeah, that that seems to be really valued now, doesn't it? Like um, th- having a connection with the people that I, I that's what all, everyone's doing now. I, I can't really. Um, I think you're seen as being outrageously up yourself if you don't, which is, is weird that right? because. I don't know. I get that impression. I mean, I do yeah. my best whenever I can. If people want to reach out to me, I'll, I'll yeah. respond whenever possible. Yes. Um, so, but, you know, you sort of miss the old days in a way where there was like, uh, you know, you had proper stars who were totally inaccessible and they were otherworldly. Yeah. Um, 
and you could get really excited about them and oh wow well, I, well, well, I, I like i sort of i like not seeing just not being aware of what people are up to and then suddenly they appear with something it's like you know when these people these people that disappear it happens more and more rarely they disappear for years and then they come back or a couple of years or whatever yeah. and and then they come back and it's exciting i even get excited when i go and see a friend at edinburgh and i and and i don't see them before the actual show starts do, do you know what i mean like they're behind the curtain i always get upset if i see them on the way to the show like oh just, really? I, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like it when like I'm going to see that person, so I want to yeah. build up to the excitement of them first walking out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just yeah, find yeah, that really... yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember once I turned up to a show on my bike, and I usually do. I've got my yeah. pink Brompton, and so I'll, I'll often turn up a, a few minutes before my sound check, and sometimes I'll run into people who are going to come and see me. And more than once, I've got a kind of outraged response from it's usually blokes and they're like what are you doing you know like (laughs) why are you why are you turning up on a fucking pink brompton you (laughs) shitbag you know you're supposed to be i paid to see you and it turns out you're just a fucking bloke with a bike (laughs) i've wasted my money i'll tell you what uh, that is classic joey badass that is absolutely (laughs) classic (laughs) It's quintessential badass, but um, it's a bit anticlimactic. I think some people like the big crash, bang, wallop, fireworks (laughs) going off and here's the star. Hey, how you doing? Big energy and big start and everything. But I'm just like, ah, I can't in all good conscience (laughs) pretend that that's me. No, but I like to, I like to have, I think when I'm doing uh, tour shows, I like to have that because it's so underwhelming what I actually do. Do you feel yeah. like you want to give you want to have some sort of pizzazz? Do you know what I mean? Like some some sort of something at the top. Do you know what I mean? Like cartwheel on or something, and then go all right. And just, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, just maintain the illusion of some sort of showbiz. Um, there's two questions I want to ask you. Question number one: Is it worth getting a Brompton? Well, I would say yes. I really love my Brompton. It's one of the few purchases that hasn't let me down. It uh, doesn't go wrong very often. It's kind of hard to... There's a there's a initial phase where you have to learn how to actually unfold it and then fold it back up again. Yeah. Does that mean... You, do you go through about two or three weeks of just having a fucking hassle when you're getting on and off public transport? Or no, it's not that long. It's like a, a few days. But yeah, the, the first day that I got it and I turned up at the station and I thought okay I'm gonna have to fold it up I suddenly realized like I don't know how to fold this fucking thing up (laughs) and then I was embarrassed I was standing there on the platform feeling very white middle class and uh, middle-aged and I felt like you know everyone was looking at me going look at that tosser uh, with this stupid pink Brompton and I had to get out just to make the whole situation more middle classy and toss baggy. I had to get out my iPhone and Google a, oh you know, look God. up a look up a YouTube video that showed me how to fold up my fucking prompting. Um, so that was a sad time. But yeah. um, after that, it's all it's all been great. I love it. Like in the olden days, I would always have to negotiate with taxi drivers black cab drivers you know and say to get your bike yeah can you take a bike and they'd be like no no way mate and and then you'd be standing in the rain for another half hour until you finally found someone who said uh yes you know 
yeah. so that doesn't happen that's a yeah. very comprehensive answer probably more very good answer. what is your uh, by the way you mentioned cabs there are you um are you upset about this uber situation what is Am your... I, well i'm totally fucking confused about the uber situation Go because on. i was never up i i, I wasn't really uh, abreast when it came to everyone's objections and i didn't know enough about what they had done wrong yeah. All I could tell was, um, as far as I was concerned, it was like, this is an amazing, amazing modern thing. This is one of like the greatest things about modern yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, Is that you get the app. If you want a taxi, you can get one in two minutes. Every time I, I got an Uber, I would be thinking, this is brilliant. I love the modern world. <laughs> There's so few yeah. things to love about the modern world. And I just thought, this is one of them. But then, you know, like everything... You're having fun and you're thinking, yay, this is fun. And then everyone goes, yeah, but you realise that it's like killing the planet or it's actually run by a secret cabal of racist, misogynist Nazis. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then you're like, oh, fucking hell, there's another oh, no. thing I, I can't enjoy <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I, remember, I remember getting like thinking, oh, this is great. Like, same as you, I just thought, this is amazing. I can't believe how great this is. And then... Uh, getting an, an Uber dropped me off right by this sort of black cab taxi rank and I felt like he had stitched me up like he'd, he was offering me as a sacrifice or something because when I got out of the he had Uber on the side of it as well just to highlight yeah. that I wasn't in an Uber and as I got out it was like oh fuck these guys I mean it was they were verbal about their distaste for for Uber but that's the one thing is that while Uber's been in London I've enjoyed black cab drivers just being sort of a lot more polite do you know what I mean and right. just being like they've yeah, been so know. nice honestly um, that's the thing I mean I know that it is it's it's a nuanced and complicated yeah. situation of course of um, course but uh but you know from a, an ignorant outside point of view all I can tell you is that a lot of the time when I used to get a black cab 20 years ago, I would just have to sit there listening to this fucking guy shitting on about uh, minorities and, you know, they'd take one look at me and think, oh, yeah, this guy's up for a bit of racist chat. And so that would be, you know, and then it would be like the next 25 minutes and every now and again it would be so objectionable you'd have to say, listen, I'm really sorry, can you just let me out? And then yeah. you'd be walking for the rest of the way and... Uh, and then other times it was raining and you'd have to sit there hating yourself for not getting out. And it's yeah. like, I'm sorry, but that doesn't happen in an Uber. Yeah. It hasn't happened yeah. to me. All you get is a nice bloke who is going to take you where you want to go really quickly and they're really polite. And if they're not polite, then you mark them down on the fucking star system. Yeah. That's the only bad well, thing. Like I'm, I worry about being graded. I worry about being sucked into that. Do you know, what your, black do you know what your rating is? I don't. I could check, actually. I've got the app here. What I've done, the way I've done it, is every time I've uh, gone into the Uber, I've sort of talked loudly about sometimes people mark you down and it, and I suspect it might be racism. And then that the, what that what that does is it exerts a pressure to give the five stars, do you know what I mean? I'll yeah. tell you what happened to me once in a black cab. I got into a black cab and the guy just didn't clock that I wasn't white for some reason. He just wasn't... And started banging on about, like, Asians and whatever. And then partway through the journey... Fucking realised he had one of them in his car. <laughs> just like, oh man! What did he say? He was sort of like, anyway, you know, I just sort of, uh, 
Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, you're sort of like you're. I guess you're. Where are you from? Sri Lanka originally. Well, that's different. No, you know, that's different. That's a hard-working people that are sort of settled in. I've got a lot of time for the Sri Lankans. Uh, plug one, plug two. Guest plugs for you. Listen, Adam, we are um, we are out of time, unfortunately. Um, okay. But you have been uh, brilliant. I just wanted to say, is there anything? Um, that you wanted to plug that you're up to them and not that this will make any difference to the no i just all, all i want to do is just apologize for anything bad i might have said or may <laughs> say in the future yeah <laughs> and i also want to do the rap from shining star by david bowie uh, from right. 1987 have you heard okay. the rap that he did with mickey rourke i haven't heard this actually no. uh, it's pretty bad and it's very political as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and do an impression of Bowie and Mickey Rourke. Okay, go. go on. Okay. Peter, Matt, Frank formed a dummy run gang. Worked high star hit for 10 G's flat. Bloom heads out of shape in the name of Trotsky. Sinn Féin, Hitler, cash down. No hope heroes cover this page. With deaths in hell and fingers in blood. Poor little bodies all covered in scabs. Threw it all away. Another life in the grave. Another life in the grave. That's pretty hard-hitting stuff from <laughs> from David and Mickey Rourke. It was all about, like... It's about it's about assassins, <laughs> and uh, it's about it's about how unprincipled assassins are. Right. Wow. <laughs> that is great. Well, thank you very much for that. It's brilliant. Yeah. Sorry. No, don't apologise, uh, Rupert. What have you got? Anything that you want to say? No, I just keep supporting the podcast, guys. Wow. That's and that message. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Um, Rupert, congratulations again, mate. We're very excited about you. Yes, congratulations, Rupert. Yeah. And feel free, the listeners, to sort of tweet name suggestions. Stuff Have like you that. got a list of top names yet? Or Yeah, get them there. Uh, right. Can I suggest uh, Martin Naughty Man? <laughs> yes, please. And middle name Derek B. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I also suggest not telling anybody what you decide until you actually have given that name? Because... Okay. Because my my brother okay, made that okay. mistake of sort of saying, "Are oh, we going to call the baby this?" And then my, I think it was my mum or somebody went, "Oh, that is awful." And then that was it from then on, Jimmy. I mean, they very firmly <laughs> decided on it, so it was pretty awful. <laughs> hey, Ramesh, will you come on my podcast? Yes, definitely, Adam. I'm back in December, so let's do it then. All right, yeah, Christmas time. Yeah, sweet. Uh, right, guys, thank you very much. This has been very fun or whatever. But um, thank you very much, uh, Adam, for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I really enjoy the podcast. It's great. Thank you very much. Right, speak soon. Bye-bye. Cheers, Rob. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 